0: Right, you're going somewhere to buy things in a field, and you've gone out of your way. And you're like, oh, four quid, please. I'm like, I'm not giving you four quid just to walk
1: into the other part of the field. So, how much for parking? You gotta to pay to park, how much to get in? You gotta pay for parking as well.
2: As far as unpopular opinions go, that, that's, a, that's a great one five stars.
3: I'm giggling Ah, Fanta. fantastic. Regardless
4: of Fanta mishaps and potential German takeovers, um, that sounded weird out of context, is not it?
3: Where hinges creak in doorless chambers... Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls.
0: This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. hello everyone and welcome back to the theme park loopy podcast today we're going to be discussing our unpopular opinions of theme parks or theme parks and attractions we're going to be doing a bit of a round robin and in the studio today we've not only got our ghost host mikey from Scaretrack, we've also got dan we've got sam and also we've got brett as well so we've got almost a full house here at the moment so we're gonna have lots and lots of unpopular opinions to uh pick through maybe um you know don't send us some angry emails if you disagree with them it's just a bit of fun um although to be honest nobody emails me so um you know you can if you want um right so
1: how's everyone doing all good yeah all good happy to be back on again thanks buddy really appreciate it and i just hope i don't get like you say, too much hate mail for my unpopular opinions.
2: Yeah, all good this size. Nice to be back on.
3: Lovely to be here. And yeah, still cracking on with dry January. Not a single drink. Not a single drink. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. It'll be nine days
4: by the time that's out. Um, We're all very proud. We
1: are.
4: I'm really happy to be back. Um, it's been a couple of podcasts since with all the things I've done over Christmas and with Halloween being so busy. Uh, So it's nice to
0: be back. Yeah. And it's probably worth mentioning, Brett, that you've, uh, I mean, we talked about this in a couple of podcasts ago about your haunted hotel, my haunted hotel, which if you book it, it's become your haunted hotel. Um, And that's in Chester. Book now. That's what they all say. And you've got um, a YouTube account and you've, you've just started series two now um, with your weekly uh, episodes.
4: We start filming tomorrow. We have a full house tomorrow. Uh, we have pretty much a full house for nearly all of January because people are going crazy as we have just added
0: the UK's most haunted item to the hotel. Oh, well, we'll keep that mysterious. But um, I am hoping to come down at some point this year and we'll um, we'll see if we can do a, a live episode. It might just be me screaming into a microphone for like an hour. But... Uh... <laughs> we'll see how that goes They could just
4: listen to most
0: podcasts
3: <laughs> i'm i'm definitely sure. gonna join in on that ryan uh, brett tried to get me down uh, quite a while ago and i genuinely honestly said i don't think i can come alone so i need a friend with me there so yes mate ryan i will be i will, we will go together because there's no way i'm doing that by myself
1: <laughs> if you go into the uh room number five you'll have about 64 other friends with you as well so, Sorry, I just, you'll be all right. I
3: just don't know. 60. Oh my gosh.
1: Was it 64, Brett? I think you counted 68, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. we've added a few things. There we go. That's a lot of dolls staring at you whilst you're sleeping and all. Oh, Which is what you're going to say then. <laughs> having fun. <laughs> it's probably yeah. it's
0: probably worth mentioning uh, before we get into the topic, though, that uh, Mikey, I think um, with Scare Track, you did an episode, I think, about six months ago, something like that
1: yeah we did yeah um it was actually just as it started and as the season started on my haunted hotels um youtube channel as well so yeah we were sort of like guinea pigs for the night and it was freaking terrifying not gonna lie like i I love scary stuff but when i know it's fake so when it's potentially real that just scares me backwards so yeah no it's blooming good though really enjoyed it
0: yeah so check that out now my haunted hotel and also scare track when uh mikey lost his mind in a hotel in chester and it wasn't the in. right okay so um let's kick off then so unpopular opinions i'm going to kick off with an unpopular opinion i'm potentially going to upset brett with this but i don't think that the retrack of nemesis is a big deal <laughs> I know that people are kind of losing the mind over this, and we're we're getting yeah. we're getting daily updates of some metal in a in a scrapyard somewhere. The big one's been retracked for the last five years. No one makes a big deal out of it. Although Brett, you have got a four hundred pound piece of the big one in your lounge. So um yeah, I, I don't think it's particularly a big deal. I mean, I know that. It's gonna ride different, but I'm just kind of glad that it's getting a revamp. That we're gonna have Nemesis for another twenty-five, thirty years. I know it'll feel slightly different. It won't make that 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 raw as much anymore. I think there's been some speculation that it's gonna get a different color scheme. I, I guess so. That that would make a lot of sense. But yeah, so I I don't think it's a big it's it's a big deal. So what, what do you guys think about that?
4: It's a massive deal. Of course I'm going to say this, but yeah, it's going to be black. Uh, there was rumours about that from the start. Uh, the supports have been rumoured to be red. There is going to be a lot of theme changes. Uh, I've heard from a pretty reliable source that the word mutation has been thrown around quite a bit in terms of its retheme. There will be a retheme, And the, the issue I have with it, and this is why it's a big deal, and I think it's a big deal for all the wrong reasons, is actually the track being painted black already has completely destroyed what Nemesis actually is. You only have to look at Nemesis for three seconds to realise that the legs of Nemesis are the track. So for the fact that it's now being painted black, how are they going to cover that in the story? Or are they going to completely ignore it and ruin it? Uh, That's why it's a big deal. Um, I think they could potentially do it pretty badly. We don't, we don't know. Um, it's not unheard of before that things get a re-theme and they're not that great. So I think that's why it's a big deal. I don't think it being retracted is a big deal at all, to be fair. In fact, I was not even that interested by the news with it being retracted, going, oh, great. But now it's being told that uh, I actually know from John Wardley himself that he told Virtual Towers, if anyone has heard of Virtual Towers, they're the guys that do the really, really light, like nearly blade of grass accurate recreations of Alton Towers. He has told them to not continue modelling Nemesis because it will be different. So that's why I think it's a big deal. I don't know if people really know how much they're changing.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, Brett. Like sorry, Ryan. Uh, but it's one, well, I mean, it's it's not just any coaster, is it? There I feel that there is you know, if they were retracking thirteen and changing up a few effects and whatnot, we might all be going go, Oh, okay, that's cool. Whatever, yeah. it might be a bit higher or it might be a bit faster or whatnot. But I think the fact that with Nemesis is such a staple coaster for the UK, and like Brett said, there's gonna be quite apparently on the grapevine quite a substantial overhaul of the area as well um it is concerning because i think it's you know until they ruined it with air it was the best sort of themed area and a different sort of style themed area uh compared to lots of other um uk parks at least so yeah i i think i think it's really exciting and really cool that we're going to get essentially a brand new coaster with, with the same layout, but new theming. Hopefully, a new, um, uh, a, a new station or at least a, an overhaul of the station. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, Ryan. Don't rain on our parade, man.
0: Well, yeah, but in fairness, Brett kind of agreed with me as well.
1: <laughs> True. Good point. Good point. Now, I, I do. I I know what you're saying as well. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's not like. It's not an SW. Uh and we are kind of treating it like an SW. So I can see I can see the point.
2: And I think that the reason why the the Nemesis refurb is has kicked off a lot of a lot of thought from the fandom is just because it's really beloved, isn't it? It's it's a lot of people's favourite roller coaster or it's up there in, you know, the top top three or top five. And I think The thing that I I love about Nemesis is how it hugs the ground. Like you feel really, really low to the ground on a lot of that ride. You're sort of swinging between what feel like cliffs either side of you. And I think for me, it's, it's that ride experience which really makes it. I, I, I got onto Nemesis quite late on. I didn't ride it when it was brand new. And by the time I got to it, the theming all looked a little bit tired, to be honest. I was never a massive fan of the theming. It's the roller coaster itself that I loved. So if they can bring up the theming up to modern standards and they don't do anything stupid with the track, which you know deteriorates that ride experience, I think it's, it's a win all round. Well, we know for sure that the track is staying the same other than the, the lift hill
4: and brake run that's that's just staying there anyway. Um, so what the major changes will be will be around potentially the story, potentially the theming. And with something that has a well-known sort of story or at least a couple of like theories behind it that a lot of the fandom that know and potentially care about, I tried to explain this to a friend of mine the other day who doesn't know much about roller coasters. And I said, it's the equivalent of J.K. Rowling coming out and saying, Harry Potter woke up and it was all a dream. And that's kind of what they could potentially do. They could completely change what we know is Nemesis as a story, as any sort of kind of logical background knowledge we have of it. Um, And it could just be something else now. And I think that's what people are worried about. Don't give J.K. Rowling any ideas. (laughs) She's got plenty of ideas her own, I'm sure.
0: (laughs) Right. Okay. So, Mikey, uh, you're our ghost host today, so I'll let you uh, go next. What's your first unpopular opinion?
1: Okay, so it's a weird one, right? Because no one likes spending extra money. I get that, and I don't particularly like this like spending extra money when i feel like i don't really need to however i don't necessarily mind as much as everyone else sometimes seems to um on paying for parking at theme parks like it's i know this (laughs) sounds weird but you just look everywhere else and the uk is way cheaper to park at theme parks than nearly the entirety of the world like plopsaland was 14 euros um all the parks in orlando were 25 dollars or 30 dollars um just every theme park i've gone to outside the uk you're talking double digits at least and i mean the great thing is if you're an annual pass holder to some of these parks you get it for free anyway but um You know, it sometimes costs me more to go to my local shopping centre to park than a theme park, so I kind of feel no biggie, and that's my weird, unpopular opinion. So would you say that you
0: you like paying for parking, then? Is that your opinion?
1: (laughs) I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say I like paying for parking, uh, but I do. All you do here is, uh, you know, you're on the monorail or you're coming out. Or I know I always hear, "So how much for parking? You gotta pay to park. How much to get in? You gotta pay for parking as well." It's like, yeah, you do. Like everywhere else, you ever near enough
3: park. Do you know what I mean? Like, get a drink. theme parks are a business at the end of the day, aren't they? So it's kind of like, yeah, you know, they're, they're gonna. Squeeze every bit of money out they can out of out of uh, out of a guest because <clears throat> what other business in the world wouldn't do that? Like you were saying, Mikey, you go to a you go to a shopping centre and you still have to pay there for your parking. Well, yeah, you know businesses do that. They're gonna they're gonna take advantage because you're in a in a captive environment and you come out for a big day out, you know. And so parking's a part of the parcel. Exactly. You're gonna pay to park at a blooming car boot. You know what I mean? Like, so why wouldn't you? Do it? Don't
1: hard. get me, Don't get
0: me started on car boots, right? You go in somewhere to buy things in a field, and you've gone out of your way, and you're like, oh, four quid, please. I'm like, I'm not giving you four quid just to walk into the other part of the field. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I I just drove off, just got that's back in the car, car and went, oh, wasn't I? Won't buy you bric-a-brac from the field. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think just
2: to follow up on that, Ryan, I, the the point is absolutely spot on. It it makes complete business sense to pay for parking. It makes sense in terms of of time for your day. If you park quick, you can have more time in the park. It's it's easier to get in and out at the end of the day. You don't have to walk miles. But Ryan, we're we're Yorkshire lads, born and bred. I feel physically violated every single time I'm paid to park. When I used to go to work <laughs> in Leeds, I used to I used to walk. Forty minutes into Leeds to avoid paying for parking because I'm that kind of guy. So although I I absolutely understand the point being made here, if I don't have to pay for parking, there is no way I'm ever going to pay for parking.
0: That's a true. That's a true Yorkshireman right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't get me wrong. If they said like, oh, uh, the machines broke, so parking's free today. I'm not. I, I won't go like don't worry. Here's my six pound anyway. Have it. You have it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. If, if there's a choice of a, a car park, like so Blackpool Pleasure Beach, for example, if you park on like their car park, it's like 18 quid. Whereas you park on the one opposite, it's six quid. So I'll still choose the six quid one. But, um, but so yeah. I choose to park you know, on the road down like, a oh, few If you can get crème. on Dean Street, yeah, you're, good. A... Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good if you can get on Dean Street. That's like, a, that's the creme de la creme of parking in Blackpool. But um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those. Like if I, I'm always sort of like, if you don't like the price, don't come. If that makes sense, like and you know it's on their website. I have it at my place at work. Some people will go, how much to get in? I'm like the same price it is on our website and our leaflets and our posters and our Facebook and our Twitter and our, like you've had chance. To, you've booked your ticket. You've seen the price. So if you don't like it, just don't book it. No,
4: I think we should all now just assume that Mikey is a car parking paying enthusiast. Yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah. I love the ones. I'll tell you what, the ones you can pay on your phone. Oh, I get a semi. Honestly, they're so (laughs) excited. He's been been paid off by Big Car Park. Yeah. Big Car Park. Scare (laughs) Track Podcast, sponsored by (laughs) PrivateEye.com.
3: Or MPC. (laughs) MPC bargain.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's my that's my fir- yeah, that's my first weird sort of uh unpopular. Opinion to be fair,
0: there. Mikey, this is one of the things that, you see, uh last time we went to Florida, we hired a car, uh, because it kind of worked out, you know, not too bad. Um, but what's stupid is now it works out cheaper to get a taxi from Universal. To disney than it does to hire a car and to pay for the parking because it's 25 dollars per day to to leave it in a car park and that is crazy
1: yeah loads big time that's why we when we went to orlando we ubered everywhere purely because it's it was coming up as one so much cheaper two it's really easy to get ubers there um and also it meant that i didn't have to bother Maybe, you know, maybe when we went to Epcot and we drank around the world, one of us would have had to stay sober to drive back. And, uh, you know, if you're at Halloween Horror Nights and you want some of their cocktails, you can, you know. So, um, yeah, and like you say, it's just so much cheaper because you don't have to worry about paying for parking.
0: And that's why we're staying at Universal this time for Halloween Horror Nights. So we'll just kind of stagger back to Cabana Bay, I guess. Right. uh, Sam, give us your unpopular opinion.
3: Right, my unpopular opinion is kind of rogue as well. Um, And it's kind of a generic one uh, in terms of all theme parks. But it's something that I feel particularly passionate about is that I think picnics or the choice of picnicking should be banned in theme parks. I cannot stand picnicking or picnickers because let me and hear me out very strange one i know but first of all to have a picnic space uses up a lot of room in a theme park right and it's just pointless you might as well use it for an B outlet or use it for something that's a better fit benches or or something second of all picnics like you're already paying to get in right so you've already got a budget so that should then also be put out into the park in terms of its B especially when it comes to picnicking it creates so much mess because people litter and and pollute the park um and i know that's a broad sweeping statement to say oh not everyone litters i understand but the by and large of the out the outcome of picnicking is that it does create litter um and also it's it's a lot of people kind of manipulating the system because they don't want to spend food inside the park because it's expensive so my kind of solution especially
4: after all that parking they're paying for
3: especially after the parking so my so my solution would be like look at um cutting down like having different options in terms of your your value for money with your um with your uh B units right now of course you could argue the fact well generally people can take take out you know, like a burger bag or whatever, um, outside and sit outside and but they're still putting money into the park. I just think um that picnicking feels like a bit of a it just it pollutes, it's pointless, it uses up space, um, and it takes advantage of um of of a system a bit. Um having said that, you know, I used to, as I say, as a child, as a family, I remember as kids, we used to take sandwiches in um but i just think in general like i just i, I it, nothing frustrates me more than seeing you know guests come in with hordes and hordes of picnic you know bags and and then that just creates so much mess and um and just causes uh, like um, um blockages in the in the walkways and big gatherings which can cause you know antisocial behavior so it's just yeah, it's, I'm just—it's my absolute pet peeve. I'm just not a big fan of picnicking. I know,
0: I know why you picked the Grinch as your favorite Christmas character. Now it's—it's it's all coming together. Um,
2: <laughs> it all
3: makes sense,
0: doesn't it? I'm just imagining you, Sam, um, not only running around shouting at trash cans, but also shouting at children <laughs> and stealing the sandwiches off them and saying, "No, you will not eat your potted meat sandwich in here. You will go and buy uh, a dry burger." from mcburger Burger stand or whatever so um <laughs> yeah i don't know that, yeah, that we've got mikey who enjoys paying for parking we've got sam who's going to steal your sandwiches this is this is taking a dark turn is this podcast already
2: <laughs> I, I have i have strong thoughts on sam's unpopular opinion i firstly though sam well done i as as far as unpopular opinions go that's that's a that's a great one five stars couldn't have done better. Um, my my thoughts are one, you've definitely never been to a park with a fussy child because God help you, if you don't have that one brand of thing that they, they can consume, then it's all going to go to hell really, really quick. And like being able to find, like even, even if you if your child isn't that fussy, like being able to find the thing that they will eat or drink in a park can be an absolute nightmare. Like they want it right then and there. And if you've not got it on you, you're going to have to trek, and you're going to have to find somewhere on site that will sell like a fruit shoot, which is is something that I've had a few times. And it's been an absolute, like it's triggered a meltdown, basically. So I, we have to have food and drink on us. But I guess the other thing is if if we didn't have food on us or have the option of having food on us, then you're just giving complete, like a complete monopoly to the theme park and they could just charge Whatever they wanted, because you know you've got no options, and again being being a you know parsimonious yorkshire bloke i i have have issue with that, so they're they're my thoughts
4: yeah i I think I kind of agree on that one a little bit. I mean the one thing we can definitely all agree on is u k theme park food kind of sucks. it's not that great. I actually do go out my way, and a lot of the time I will eat in the park um mainly because making a sandwich before i have to go to a theme park i'd rather spend the extra 10 minutes in bed but um yeah it it does it at least have the option to i do see the point in in you know maybe supporting the park more i guess from an enthusiast point of view uh as to do it but no i do think and and if only there were more trash
3: cans um so for context not just for context if anyone hasn't <clears throat> heard the episode before. Mike, we were talking about pet peeves, um, which is kind of different to an unpopular opinion, I guess. But my absolute number one pet peeve is there not being enough trash cans um because it just causes so much glitter everywhere. Um and I, I don't even work in, in a custodial job. That's the funny thing. Um but yeah not enough trash cans. Oh my gosh, nothing grills me more than not being able to find or see a trash can. Oh gosh.
1: Queue lines without trash cans. Are we all American? Bin, I call them a bin, a rubbish yeah, it's bin. A bin. It's a bin. But, but, yeah, it is a bin. Right, right, Mikey. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, oh, icons, queue line. It just springs to mind. It's like, I'd always like a drink or something to eat, maybe in a queue line, and there's never ru- rubbish bins. So, I mean, Merlin parks are usually quite good for it um yet people still can't seem to fathom they need to put their rubbish in a bin um it's mad they're too busy scribbling
4: on the queue line they are they
1: are yeah and um just making our world a worse place but um yeah like it is bad when places they want you they want the place tidy i'm sure but the queue line of icon by the end of the day in their station, you can count dozens of bottles and crisp wrappers and crap like that. And it, it, without trying to say that, I mean, customers, you should hold on to it. put it back in your bag and put it in a bin later or whatnot. That's what I'll do. But there's literally zero bins in that queue line. So what are people supposed to do with their crap?
0: That's a good question. Brett? My unpopular
4: opinion, I, I'm not sure if it's even that unpopular, is... I would like to see more food and beverage brandings on roller coasters. Now, obviously, we have the Pepsi Max big one. We had the Iron Brew revolution. Um, even Nemesis had a, a Coca-Cola horrific sounding. Was it like black currant and licorice drink? Um And I think the only thing I've seen recently is, I think the Wicker Man had some Seabrook's Flaming Crisps that existed only because Seabrook's Crisps were being sold in the park. Um, And I think my main reason for thinking it, even though I think it can come across as really tacky, is that it just drums up a little bit more excitement for theme park rides, I think. I don't know if maybe it's a nostalgia thing that I'm thinking back to when it was the Pepsi Max Big One, rather than it just being Big One in in uh, Arial font, so I, I think that sort of thing, I think I would quite like to see come back and have adverts being like something drink Pepsi sponsored by, and then have whatever newest ride is.
0: I think it could come across quite tacky, but I quite I think, miss it I think it depends bit. on the product, though, does it? Because the Pepsi Max Big One, it sounds good, doesn't it? But I don't know if it's sponsored by, you know, the, the revolution sponsored by Lenora or something, you know. I, I don't know if, if that really works. No, I don't know if... Any, I um... mean, yeah,
4: I'll tell you who got it wrong massively. Does anyone remember Oblivion?
1: Fanta. Oh, my gosh. It's I... so bad. And they could have done it fine, you're right, but they what just... Was the connection?
4: So Zero. there was nothing. They they so Fanta actually sponsored uh, a couple of Merlin rides. I know they had a uh, Gardaland. There was Python, I think it was there. Uh, had but the, the bottom of the the hole in Oblivion had the words "Tummy bubbling." <laughs> no uh, way! No way!
3: have you not, have you not seen? This? No, <laughs> I'm going to Google this. I'm going to Google this right, right now. You need to look Literally up. I'll tell you what. If you go on Facebook.
4: Sticker. If you go on Facebook right now and you search anyone listening to this at home right now, you will find my personal Facebook page that I set up a long, long time ago, say it called enthusiasts against the Fanta sponsorship of oblivion. I'm not even joking. People were kicking off so much that people started like tearing it off the walls. And I think Nick Varney saw it and had it all removed when he actually saw it, it was that bad. That's why, if you see uh, as you're going over the crest of the hill on on Oblivion, that's why the um, the pipes on the rehydrator shop are actually orange. They were painted orange for Fanta.
0: I'll give you um I'll give you a link though, so you know how Oblivion has the German techno guy like going on about stuff, yeah. So um, Fanta was actually uh, it's actually German, uh, Fanta's for fantastisch. And it was meant to be uh, a rival to Coca Cola, so in a way, you could argue that the German techno guy that's going on about the big hole, then um, he might be a big fan of Fantastiche. I, I don't know.
3: Is, is he German? I thought he was English. I don't. And yeah, I don't think also, he's German. Also, it's not. Is it? Is, it, is it, It's drum and bass. It's not uh Techno, the German techno guy. <laughs> All right, okay. I've, I can just, I just imagine. I've got uh, this. Uh, uh, i got this. Fanta, like, uh, uh, lasers uh, and laser hosen style in yeah, He's just standing there, tummy giggling. Fun. <laughs> uh, uh, Fanta, <laughs> Fantastic. Is he? Is he
0: English? Have, have, have I made it up? Is German? I always thought his accent was slightly German, so I just kind of also kind of it, he kinda, it he looks like a German techno guy, so I've just just gone for that. You know.
3: Also, for reference, um, Brett, I've just found your enthusiasts against Oblivion's Fanta sponsorship. This is ridiculous. (laughs) What was weird, I actually got contacted not long ago. I mean, like literally in the middle of
4: last year, but someone made a, I can't remember, it was was a pretty significant theme park YouTube channel. I can't remember who it was now. And they did uh, awful sponsorships of rides or something. And, and they actually used my quotes in this video from that page. And it was just really strange. I completely forgot it existed until I rewatched this video recently where it all got brought back up again. So, yes, my unpopular opinion is regardless of Fanta mishaps and potential German takeovers, um, that sounded weird out of context, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to see, you know, The Haunted House, sponsored by Matey Bubble Bath or something like that. You know, I don't know. Um, Velocity, sponsored by Pedigree Chilton. You know, it has, to, it has to tie in. There could only be so many products. The Smiler. In, so.
3: What's the worst that could happen, Dr. Pepper? Yeah, maybe that.
0: <laughs> yeah, okay.
3: But,
4: but The Smiler, sponsored by Lucasaid wouldn't look that bad out of the ordinary right traumatizer if anyone remembers this this was infusion's original oh, color was red and yeah blue. and that, that,
0: that was the best and time traumatizer was...
4: it was in the name it was brilliant yeah. and the the head was the, the tizer head blown off it was on the side it was cheesy but it worked as a name as well traumatizer is a brilliant name and it works well that's the sort of thing i'd like to see back on like Roller coasters in in amusement parks. Yeah, and if you so, don't this, if you
0: don't know about this, Traumatizer is the ride which is now in Fusion at Blackpool Pleasure Beach, but it was at Southport at Pleasureland, and then when Blackpool Pleasure Beach sold Pleasureland, they decided to take Traumatizer. And if you look very carefully at the track where it's worn, where the wheels are, you'll still see the the kind of redy, kind of orangey. Uh, paint that was originally underneath it so top fact there for you
3: i still want to see though i'm just looking at these photos and that sponsorship having the phantom of uh, the phantom the Fanta um wrapped like vinyl wrapped entrance to the ride oh that is vile that is it's really bad vile. Isn't it? yeah it's a good that's a good find though. i never knew you created you do have some very weird facebook groups that you just randomly create and they sit there <laughs> it's like a legacy <laughs> i do have a couple yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i mean mayb- maybe that'd be a good time maybe phantom manor so they could call it phantom manor maybe you know that could work hey yeah, yeah absolutely yeah,
3: I mean, that, could work. that works that's
0: a good one that's yeah. that's a good one all right uh dan give us your unpopular opinion
2: Right, so I've I've changed mine now. my My new unpopular opinion is that they should bring back the Fanta sponsorship at Oblivion
3: <laughs> uh, just for the walls. <laughs> <laughs> That was funny, that made me giggle. I I muted my microphone just as I started the giggle because sometimes my laugh can be a bit too much, but that was funny. I enjoyed
2: that. Yeah. Uh I'll start a Facebook group. Uh if everyone could join it, it would be it would be appreciated. Um all right, so again, I'm I'm not sure if if my unpopular opinion is actually unpopular. Um it, it just It seems to me that it might be. I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there. I think the best theme park in Florida is Bush Gardens. Uh, And really, it's not even like in terms of entertainment on the day, in terms of going, having a great experience and going back to the hotel afterwards, it wasn't even close. Bush Gardens, to me, is an absolutely incredible theme park. Um, obviously, it's very different to uh, any of the Disney parks. They're much more family-friendly. The obvious comparison is, is something like Universal. And it's so far ahead of either of the Universal parks. And Universal has some great rides. They've got, you know, the Hulk coaster. They've got all the Harry Potter experiences. Uh, they've got Hagrid's Magical. I know this part of the Harry Potter, but the Hagrid's ride was was brilliant and brand new when I last went. They've got some good rides but compared to what they've got at Bush Gardens so like Tigris was brand new when we last went uh, Cobra's Curse brilliant ride um I mean, e- even Sheikra I it was an absolute thrill ride to me that was an amazing amazing experience cumbra again, again an amazing it's, it's an older roller coaster uh, roller coaster it was a bit bit rickety when I went on it but it was still it was still really entertaining and I sort of came away from this really quiet day at Bush Gardens and thought, "Wow, that is one of the best holiday experiences I've ever had." It was quiet, it was relaxed. If you're a roller coaster enthusiast, it's just it's just next ride, next ride, next ride. None of the stresses that I had at the other parks were there. Uh, I didn't go on Falcon's Fury. I was I was too I was too much of a coward. Uh, my wife did though, and she teased me. For, for the next multiple years um but yeah that's my that's my input if you if you're going to, to florida bush gardens is is for me the place the place to go
3: it's funny that isn't it as well because bush gardens is actually really well priced um especially when you look at um if you're going to buy your florida tickets through any external companies any third parties if you're not going to go directly um you know you can buy often buy combo tickets uh, for the other the other SeaWorld parks as well um and yeah I, I I I definitely hear where you're coming from Dan and and I somewhat agree um on, on some levels I think it's people don't give it a chance because I because I guess because it's a little bit further out you know Tampa isn't a little bit further away you know you have to take the bus from SeaWorld if you're coming from Central Orlando um and so it's a bit more effort but then once you're there it is, as you say, so quiet. The crowds, are, the crowds are low, um, and the food is good, and the, and, the, and the rides are amazing. I definitely think people need to give it more of a chance. Um, and there's something to be said where a, as, as incredible as Florida is, if you're going and going and going, and I'm sure you know those out there who have been can can appreciate this. It can get pretty exhausting, Florida, because you're going in the heat constantly to theme parks every single day, um, and actually if anything bush gardens is somewhat of respite because i remember when i was last in in florida last march in orlando you know we would be surprised when we came to an attraction um you know that was less than sort of 45 minutes wait we'd be like oh this is amazing there's such short short um wait i bet at bush gardens i'm sure Dan, when you went and when you've been before you know the waits are sort of 10-15 minutes for these mega thrill rides you know
2: there, there were absolutely no like we went on a in a quiet period the end of of um i think it was the end of september uh it was either september or you know i think it was september but it was it was so quiet like we didn't we didn't you know pay for any premium passes i'm not even sure if they had premium i'm sure they do but we didn't pay for them everything was just walk on um it it was crazy so i went on i think it was uh what was it it was it was cheetah hunts it's quite near the 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 opening sort of gate as you you walk in and I didn't do any research because it was really low key I'd, I'd not been to this park before I didn't you know I didn't have high expectations I thought it might be a bit dated went on cheetah hunt. thought that was an amazing ride I'm going to go on it straight straight away again and just went through the queue went back got on went again it, it was it was fantastic and you know maybe I'm biased because I had a really lucky day but talking to other people that go there, it seems that if if they do go and it is a bit busy, it's nothing like a bit busy at Disney or Universal or anywhere else. A bit busy, you know, might be a a half hour queue for a, for a, a really good roller coaster, which in the grand scheme of
0: things is is nothing. I, I absolutely love Cheetah Hunt. Cheetah Hunt is definitely. It's not the I, I expected the initial launch to be much more powerful. Um, But I think because there's three launches, I think, uh, as far as I remember. Yeah, there are three. And and because of that, it just keeps its pace. and It just seems to go on forever. This is one of the big differences between UK theme parks and some European theme parks versus American theme parks is that some of the rides just go on and on. It's almost, in the words of Alan Partridge, some of them become a long-drawn-out affair but but a very exciting one um so i yeah i'd say see i really enjoyed bush gardens when we went it was very quiet we went maybe the second week of december um the only thing i would say dan is um i don't i can't remember i don't think you went on the coach like i did i went on the free coach i think you did you drive down i think you told me
2: yeah we we drove down i Again, this is this is sort of Sam's point. It's it's further away. You know, if you've gone on an Orlando holiday, then every other park is is close by, and you are trekking to uh, to Tampa. So yeah, we got a car and we went straight there, and it wasn't too bad. But I know you spent a long time on the bus in, in comparison.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was good because it was obviously a free bus, but it seemed to take forever to actually get out of you know the Orlando area and then it was quite a hot day you see everyone said to me oh go in december it's only going to be you know mid 20s it was like 35 degrees every single day it was it was boiling it must have been like the hottest december that they've ever had or something and it was absolutely boiling also the other mistake that i made is that i went quite late in madrid in the trip maybe at like day 9 or something like that and i hadn't been taking rest days probably hadn't been drinking enough water and while I did have a great day I kind of I felt a bit queasy on the way home afterwards so I would say I would agree Bush Gardens is fantastic lots of great rides but I would say if you're going to go maybe go early on in your trip and get that journey over with because it's a long way to, to go down to a park I'd say
2: I, I have an unrelated, well, a somewhat related car car story actually. Uh, so we we rented a car to especially to go there. Uh, we drove down. I can't remember how long it took, like an hour and twenty minutes or something. We we got there, and they'd given us uh, the rental company had given us a jeep. I'd, I'd never driven a jeep before. I didn't know what I was doing. Got there, and uh, the ticket office um, person, I, I think the car park attendant person. Um, was at a gate and wanted to talk to me, so I, I tried to I tried to get the window down. Couldn't do it. Couldn't find a control for the window anywhere. So I was, I was rummaging around. This this woman was looking increasingly annoyed. Like, what, what is this guy doing? I just want to talk to him. Um, in the end, I panicked. I just opened the door. I was like, I'm really I'm really sorry. I, I've, I don't know how to use a jeep. Uh, so yeah, if you if you get a jeep, um, I don't know how to operate the windows. Good luck. Yeah. Or do you still not worked it out afterwards? <laughs> No, no, I just use the door. Just open the door. It Mm. works.
0: Brilliant. All right. Thanks for that, Dan. Who else has got another unpopular opinion?
3: Okay, so uh, here's another one then. Virtual queuing is such a faff. I really find virtual queuing to be annoying and always pits me on edge. Um, Here's the reasons why. Now, I'm going to give you an example um, because I'm not talking about apps or things that allow you to, um, I'm, I'm not talking about that kind of virtual queuing. I'm talking about the kind of virtual queuing where you get put into a holding room. Um, so that's things, that, for example, um, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Universal, I find that to be a good example, where you can't, you're kind of given a, a, a color or, or, or some sort of cue that is your time to move in, right? That really bothers me because yes okay i the i understand the idea of it's nice to not be standing in a in a a line and and you can you can you can mosey around the room but also what that does is put new people or people coming for the first time at a disadvantage to everyone else who's been on it before because i can guarantee you as much as you say there's no queue there's still going to be a bunch of people that know where the door is which moves through to the next part which is ultimately going to get them in front of everyone else which is kind of a mini queue there's still going to be a mini queue when you go through the door to get into the actual air gates right so people are still going to count that as a queue and therefore they're still going to want to get ahead of it um so as much as you can mosey around and then you think oh it's fine because i'm i'm not going to wait in a queue there are still there's still that competitive element of um you know uh of all oh, i'm going to get um into the wherever the door is and i'm going to get there first so it's still quite sort of anxiety filled because you're a bit like okay where's the door these people are going to be ahead of us like everyone sort of doesn't really relax and it just sort of creates a bit of a strange atmosphere um you know which, which is still just as whereas if which is still just as competitive as before Whereas if you just created and carried on with just a really immersive queue line where everyone was in the order that they came there wouldn't be that um that discrepancy of okay well they were here before me or anything like that you know what i mean and i'm sorry but it sounds petty and and tiny to being like oh um you know that person got on a ride which was got on the ride you know three trains now that i've had to wait beforehand behind them um it sounds petty you know because ultimately what's three trains or whatever but it's still the principle of your your pretending there's not a queue when they really still as a queue. And actually, I just feel if you make the queue entertaining enough, um, then there's no reason why why people need to have a virtual queue. And I necessarily think a queue takes anything away from the ride experience. If anything, the queue should be a part of the ride experience.
0: I've got a related story for that. Um, so um, one of the times I went down to Fault Park, I actually used the Platinum Fast Pass. So you know where you can go on any ride or the the fast pass rides, and you can go on them as many times as you want um so me and me and my wife um who was my girlfriend at the time, I guess we um decided to try and do saw the ride as many times as possible, and we were aiming for i think fifteen and when we got to like the first five and the normal queue wasn't moving at all and this child looked over to us and went mommy why do those people keep going on the ride again and again and i haven't been on yet <laughs> and i was like ah this isn't um good optics really but i just thought well i'm going on it anyway so see you later kid so <laughs> so there's did you? Laugh I laughed and, laugh and, and, point? and point at the child and said, "See you later."
3: But it did, to be fair. And you should have said, "I'll take your blooming sandwich too." <laughs> you're going to picnic around yeah, this yeah. place,
0: and I'll and I'll take your sandwich and I'll put you in the nearest trash can. That's that's what I should have said. But yes, that's <laughs> my
3: that's my funny story. That was funny. That made me giggle. I put, I muted my microphone just as I started the giggle because sometimes my laugh can be a bit too much. But how many times did you get on that on saw?
0: Um, yeah, we did 15, did 15 on oh, saw okay. in a row. Very
3: good.
1: Did you need a chiropractor?
3: Oh after
0: all? yeah. I, well, do you know what we did? <laughs> I, I went, I went to, uh, we had to go and have a, have a drink. Um, my wife probably had a Fanta just so you know. Um, cause I presume they have Fanta there. I would have had a Sprite.
4: Um, it was served by some German guy <laughs> in a black tech.
0: Yeah, yeah, the 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 the, ger- the German guy from uh, from Oblivion, and then uh, then we just went for a lovely ride on Mister Monkey's banana ride um, to to calm down. That's um, we had a couple <laughs> we had a couple of girls on that, and
2: uh, I, th- I think as. As a Brit, though, don't don't we all have an obsession, like a compulsion to queue? I I I occasionally just join queues for the fun of queuing. Just I love a good queue, me.
0: Well, th- this kind of leads I'm just I'm just going to take over a little bit here, Sam, from yours because because it, it leads into my unpopular opinion, and my unpopular opinion is that some of my best theme park memories have come from queue lines. So, hear me out on this one. So. Personally, if I'm only queuing for like twenty minutes or something, that's kind of my zone where I'm not too bothered that I'm queuing. Twenty minutes, I think it gives you enough time to, you know, calm down a little bit, have a bit of a bit of a relax. Also, I like to meet people in the queue line, you know, talk to people about various things. And I would say that I think one of my best memories of a queue line is I remember um, I was at the magic kingdom and um, it was kind of just before the fireworks was going to come on and it was dark. And uh, I got onto uh, Peter Pan's flight and went through the queue line and they've got some amazing uh, interactive elements where they've got like, um, it's like a shadow of a string that's got like some bells on and you just kind of put your hand up and then you can kind of like ring the bells a little bit. And I thought that was really good. And I kind of, kind of enjoyed that. So you know, it leads into my unpopular opinion, which is that I actually kinda like queuing sometimes.
3: So maybe that is a British thing. I don't know. I agree. I agree. I think queuing, um it was actually really funny. I went to Iapa this year, um, just because of uh well for work really, and um it was it was super interesting and we actually went to a seminar about queue lines which sounds <laughs> sounds horrendously boring um but it's actually so interesting um because they went through the whole idea of um how queuing is actually a, a massively psychological thing um and how you can have a thinner queue and have people um kind of move more but you will actually not get on the ride any quicker or you can have a wider queue and obviously people will move less but every move is is a lot more um a lot more people is, is a lot more with regards to actually getting on the coaster if that makes sense um so they were talking about the wideness of queues and then also the, the psychology of like how you can see um the how how people like to be able to see the queue line in front of them and how it's happening so um for example if you can see that there's um another turn before you go into another room and the reason why you have multiple rooms in a queue line is so that it it gives you the illusion that you're actually traveling you're moving you're seeing your environments it's it's distracting you away from the fact that you're standing and waiting for a ride um but they did talk about the optimum time um to stand in a queue so they talked okay what's the optimum time for people to relax what's the optimum time for people to take in the story and the theming and the elements that you're trying to build them up for this experience because you want to get them a bit charged before they go um onto their coaster that they did some or the ride they, they they did some research actually and it was really interesting they said if people just walk on and they don't have a chance to get themselves excited about the ride 9 times out of 10 they're going to come off that attraction underwhelmed but if they've had between I think they said it was optimum was sort of 15 to 20 minutes approximately um then that gives them enough chance to kind of take in the environment and get them charged up, ready to go. Anything above the half an hour mark is uh, becomes more of a burden. Um, so it was a really, really interesting talk. It will be online, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, they went through all of it, through um, where you're putting your people, where, where you're putting your uh, guests out, where the exit, where the queue line dumps into the park, where the entrance is, um, and then how the actual queue line should be regarding switchbacks and the layout of a queue line—it's—it's it's super interesting. It's worth getting to watch online if it is online, which I would imagine it would be. Um, it was from IAPA, um, which was in London this year, but really interesting stuff.
2: That sounds sounds good. There's some some queues in America which apparently are amazing, and I've like fast passed them for whatever reason, like flight of passage. I don't think I've ever been in the normal queue, and there's supposed to be some absolutely amazing like film prop, props in there. Um, that I've never seen and I've always felt a bit gutted that I've not gone through the standard queue. So I, I definitely think um, there is, and the theming of, of certain queues is supposed to be amazing. I, I think there is some some benefit of, of, of
0: making sure you, you do get that whole experience of the ride.
1: Mikey, what's your final and popular opinion? Right. Okay. So people are going to hate me for this but i think i'm going to keep it spooky related and think of the last 10 years of visiting scare attractions and doing 500 plus of them i think that thought park fright nights is overrated yep and i think because it has such a enthusiast sort of it has an enthusiast sort of community like the, uh, the southern based community that love thought park and quite likely so if it's their home park that's why more northerners prefer blackboard Our midlanders seem to prefer towers and sometimes it just works that way um and then when it comes to the clientele of um thought park i'm gonna say that 90 percent of them probably only go to thought park they don't go to other scare events you know a nice handful will but not loads will um so it's I feel that people that uh rate it and rave about it might only know about that one place, and they can't compare it to other stuff. And I, I just feel that the overall event, especially in late, like more recent years, um is just declined, and it's just not great. I mean, don't get me wrong; I've had some great times there. I've really enjoyed it, and I, I like that the park is way more livelier than it used to be. Um, with like the street dances and scare zones and whatnot, um, compared to when it was a little bit other than the mazes, it was quite quiet on the street team uh, front. But I just feel that the product looking at it now, compared to 10 years ago, I just feel it's only declined, yet people rave about it. and I just think there's so much better out there. Yeah, I agree with you on that want I
4: think, a little bit. Uh, I actually haven't done a full Fright Nights thing uh, like night there. So I can't actually fully comment on this. I have done a couple mazes here and there as to when they've been open during different um, scare tour, uh, scare con events and stuff like that. And the mazes I've done have, have been great, but they haven't been what
1: I was told they were. If that makes sense. I think, Um, yeah I feel like there's too much of a hype and think when things get overhyped anyway you can be let down by them but I just just feel that the whole thing is so hyped each year that it's always just set up to be underwhelming Um, and then the last few years like I've actually like I used to go without fail every single year and throughout the first half of my scare you know, expeditions, uh, it was a highlight of a season and then it was becoming more of a oh we best check out Thought Park. And I now I'll only go if there is a ScareCon event or a aftershock event or or a buyout event because I just feel that the park can handle that better than an actual night at Fright Nights. Like if you go on a Friday or Saturday you're they there's i know any park will try and get to their maximum capacities i do at my place and we want to take as much money as possible because you are a business but there is also being able to take that money well and having customer satisfaction and yada 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 so um i just feel that the park's too small they have not enough attractions nowadays to be able to you know have short enough queues even though you have to pay for them now it doesn't really fix the problem so then when you think you'd be smart and go on a really quiet wednesday like i've done a fair few seasons you find out that they've sent that most of the staff aren't working because they have smaller budgets for off-peak days and this is another sort of bugbear and i'm I'm sidebarring a little bit but i understand full well that on quieter days you need less staff it's the way labor works and your percentage of labor compared to how much money you've taken. I totally get that. Um, you need less people in the burger kitchen. You need less trains on, et cetera, et cetera. However, if someone's paying a price for a scare maze, which is in essence, promenade theater, I I don't think because they've chose to go on a choir today that they should get lesser of a product. I went through Greek freak massacre and saw three actors once like it was terrible. Um, If you go to watch Hamilton, if you're going in a matinee, they're not going to just take Alex Burr out because they can't afford him for that day. (laughs) Does that make sense? It's the
4: equivalent of them taking seven inversions out of Smiler because it's a Tuesday.
1: Yeah. yeah. You still want the same product. Granted, you might need less people to run it. But you still need the same amount of loops. So therefore you should have the same amount of scares, if that makes sense. And, uh, the nature of the beast is always difficult. Nothing's consistent with scare attractions. That is just the, the formula that it's made up on. But it, I just f- felt a bit short changed in the fact that I know full well Thought Park have less actors on a weekday.
3: I went to, um, I went to Tully's this year and <clears throat> um. I thought Tully's was absolutely phenomenal. Now, I haven't been in, uh, well, almost a decade. So to be fair, it was all fresh and kind of like seeing it for the first time again. But what an atmosphere that place is. I mean, when you're standing there in the kind of bar with all the um, with all the wonderful uh, festoon like red lights and then, there's just street performers and there's music and there was that DJ thing in the corner. And then there was just people like going to, and fro, from, from scare attracts. people were screaming everywhere. I mean that I've never been in a more kind of autumnal, um, atmospherical environment like that. Um, I've only kind of found that in um, uh, Halloween horror nights, I guess, on a complete, where the atmosphere was that kind of buzz of excitement, but Tully's was stunning and even like the smell of like the, the the fire pits and everyone was drinking like ciders and it was all like you know it had that real kind of earthy autumnal vibe to it oh gosh it was just so good um and i think some of that rawness of a kind of a farm park event especially one that i that i've got to say is extremely high quality as tories i think that kind of as I say that kind of rawness and that atmosphere is lost in theme parks a little bit, perhaps, um, again, no specific theme park that I'm talking about here, but in general, just theme parks that kind of earthy, farmy, smoky kind of rough and ready kind of feel that we associate with great scare parks, um, especially in the UK is perhaps a bit lost. Um, I don't know, just my opinion in, in theme parks.
4: I also think when it comes to scare attractions, I think that the independent side of the industry has more ability to be more creative, even if that means they have far, far smaller budgets. Uh, And I think that makes, makes up for a lot of the experience you get at these smaller screen parts, or even like these, these massive screen parts, like Tully's literally feels like a festival, but it just happens to be Halloween. Um, And that sort of, the, the raw halloween sense does come through the people that have the the creative output to just do that and not have a, a merlin park and their executives saying oh you can't do this you can't do that so i i, I do think a, a screen park can really probably do a scare attraction better in some senses not all the time but uh yeah i think in its rawest form definitely
0: Brett, let's have your final unpopular opinion.
4: I couldn't think of many. So I've had this discussion quite a few times that a lot of people like riding roller coasters at the back. Now, it all depends on the roller coaster, but I would generally choose the front.
0: Yeah, I'm a back guy. Sorry, I'm a back guy. (laughs) Well... You know what? Um, I I I do enjoy I do enjoy riding the big one on the front, but I would say it's it's a much better experience on the on the back. So I I made Sam go on the back um, of the big one uh, when we went last year, but um, I do enjoy it at the front. But I, I, I do think the back is the best one. experience. In what
4: sense? This is <laughs> this is why I have this opinion. Is experience in terms of the G forces that. Uh, Put upon you because you are whipped round that. Say if you use the big one. If anyone's been on the big one, for instance, you have that whip round that first drop, for instance, and then after that you get to have a good ride on a monorail. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Um, it's,
0: it's the it, you're getting. Yeah. Well, on the big one, I would say the back the back row is the best because it literally pulls you over the top because the full weight of the coaster is already on the way down. But I would say that the best the best back row experience was on the ultimate because the ultimate was so long that if you went onto the front row, the ride already finished. Like (laughs) by the time the rest of the coaster had like gone through the woods. So
4: yeah, you're halfway down the drop by the time you're even up the lift hill and on the back, it is very much like that. But is the front row, this is, so my, my opinion is, is the front row, Is the back row a better experience in terms of your ride, you know, G-forces and potentially even airtime? But would you take having better G-forces and potentially a better ride experience, or would you take a general better view of, say, the theming, of, say, everything else, having that complete open space in front of you? What is better? And I take a lot of the time I would choose having a front row simply because of that view. Now, I know there's a lot of coasters, like 13, for instance, Alton Towers is horrific on the front row. It's it, There's there's nothing to it. You're at the bottom of the drop before um, you're even hitting these horrible brakes they put halfway down the drop. But for a lot of rides, like Nemesis, for instance, lots of people say that they would prefer the back row on Nemesis because of the better G-forces. But to truly admire what Nemesis does and is, you would have to ride on the front row, in my opinion.
2: I think it's, it's definitely ride dependent and you, you're absolutely spot on. Like th- there are some rides that if you're not on the front, you've missed out big time, but to take Ryan's point as a kid, you went to, um, you know, ride the ultimate. Uh, and if you'd, if you'd not been on the back row or the, the back rows, then you wouldn't have the credibility of riding the ultimate. If you'd, if you have been on the front, it's a different ride. Um, so yeah, ride, ride dependent, the back can definitely be the best place. But if it's all about the theming, it's the worst I have place. to
0: agree with Nemesis because this is the main problem with the suspended roller coaster is that anything other than the front row, you are just staring at a piece of metal in front of you and that then occasionally kind of fans out in front of you. And so while you do get maybe you do get that that experience that kind of drag experience on uh nemesis but i've always said that nemesis is a front row ride because i think you have to experience the track uh falling in front of you um that that dip just before you go into the the vertical loop i think that's all best experienced on the front row and especially at night I would say is definitely one of the best roller coaster experiences. But as a rule, um, especially rides where you can see what's going on, um, I would say kind of the back rows are usually my preferred. And I think, did I, did I, um, I've got both of you guys on Icon on the back row, and did we not agree that Icon was best on the front row?
4: No, I think I again disagreed. <laughs> I had a weird opinion on it. I, I actually said I prefer the experience on the front row because I found it more fun that way, mainly because of the um, the smoke. Uh, the first time I went on it, they actually did the mist in the tunnels. And then being on the front row and just having that mist disappear and in front of you, you're just shooting straight out of it into, into this inversion. That for me was far more fun than being on the back, in which case you would get maybe a bit better Ejector airtime on the first top up for instance
3: yeah i remember being um being underwhelmed i remember the first time we did it i can't remember where i was sat the first time i was really underwhelmed and then we did it and i remember ryan you were you were really strong about going on about the um the top hat and how much fun that was and it was the second ride we did it now i can't remember for the life of me if that was at the front or the back um but I really felt that it must have been in the back because I really felt that kind of the, the, the airtime and kind of getting pulled over there. Um, but I would say, in general, I choose the back um, row, but also specific, I have a love affair for woodies, really good whitties. Um And whenever I ride a wooden roller coaster, I always go on the back. And I would argue my favourite, one of my favourite roller coaster experiences in this country is... Riding the back row of the Grand National at Blackpool Pleasure Beach—that is absolute. It's just chaos. It's complete chaos. You know, you're being thrashed around. It, that is my worst experience of a ride ever on the back <laughs> row of, of Grand National. Oh my day! I just love the chaos of I mean, it.
1: I can hear Mikey's back creaking <laughs> as we speak. Honestly, it's. What was Never probably best again. is
3: that I imagine
0: on that back row, Brett was like getting like smushed all over the place, and Sam's having a great time going "Ha ha ha," and Brett's just going, "Oh, minute, end, make it end," <laughs> and I had all these <laughs> visions. see i've I've retired from the grand national at the moment um because I just find it too insanely rough, but each to their own, I suppose
3: I think we did try and get some audio uh when we were doing that, so I think we tried to clip uh one of us had like audio like a microphone on us oh, gosh i th- think we tried to do that but unfortunately the, the audio didn't come out very good because it just came out <coughs> which kind of makes sense right that is the noise that a horse would make on the grand national that's very true i like, what it. Did you call me? <laughs> I like it i like it all right well before we uh
0: wrap up i have got some uh listener unpopular opinions um if you want to interact with the podcast to be honest the best way of doing it is probably following us on instagram because i often put polls and uh, questions on there although i did put a question i did put a question up there uh the other day well yesterday about whether you would like to see more episodes from the theme park loop podcast three people said no well <laughs> unfortunately you're going to be sorely disappointed but i don't know i can't please everyone
4: sorry did you not want my opinion or
0: (laughs) i well to be fair the reason why i put i always put no as an option is because well it still counts as an interaction does not it you know so but well if you don't want more episodes that's fine but um unfortunately we we have we have done
3: more episodes i guess so anyway that would be three years worth of 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 a podcast. We've been doing this now for almost three years. We started 2020, right?
0: Yeah, so so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say something now. This is actually the Theme Park Loopy podcast's fiftieth episode. This is our fiftieth episode now. So that's thinking. <laughs> Woop whoop party. We're all getting old. <laughs> Especially, Especially Sam. Sam. I, <laughs> I am getting very old, guys.
3: I'm getting really old. <laughs> but I can still do the Grand National, that's the truth.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I was looking back and I think Sam Uh, you first came on the podcast I think in uh, May or June 2020 and I think Brett came on uh, a little bit later um, in the summer because we were talking about Halloween uh, etc etc so yeah so it's been it's been a few years hasn't it so you know what can we do but oh I mean last year I think we only did like four episodes but you know what can you do
3: that is the most ryan northern thing to end that you know rather than like yeah go us you know come on we've done so well he's like yeah so three episodes so three years <sighs> what 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 can you do <laughs> you know you can't you can't you, 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 you can't get rid of us you know, you know we're you still just, here. you can't stop we're having a time you can't wait wait you know this is what we're doing can you believe it no, i can't <laughs> either three years who wants a chip butty in a pint we we'll go to the garden centre next.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Three years of recommending garden centres. That's what we've been doing um, and, and rather successfully. So, um, all right. So the first listener opinion we've got is um, Rita is actually a really good ride. So I don't know if we have anyone who, who agrees or disagrees with that
1: one. You, you know what? Um, if this goes back to Brett's point i think reet is a pretty damn good ride on the front but nowhere else mm-hmm. it's very short yeah way too short but it's a good like if you're on the front of that with the um you know i mean yeah after the first initial bit it's kind of just a bit meh but um on the front row with a launch it, it's it's quite cool i can enjoy it but then anywhere else it's just not if I had good. To
3: okay so what we're
2: saying it's a fantastic 10 seconds
1: on the front that's all you need sometimes guys that's all you need
3: (laughs) so i've heard if i if i had to choose between stealth or rita in terms of that modern of coaster and i guess what we've got available unless i'm missing one no what we've got available to us in the uk um i would say i would choose rita every single time over stealth
4: oh i don't know about that i'm not sure about that one okay so in that case what what would make for the people that think that that rita maybe isn't that great what would make rita great is it is it the theme that's the issue is there something else that it could do i I know the length is is part of it but saying that the length stayed the same what would
1: make rita as it is now better See, I, 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 don't think you necessarily need an inversion to make a coaster good. However, I do think Rita would benefit from a crafty barrel or roll. Something. I think would be nice. Yeah
4: well, yeah, we'll we'll get Mavericks one in a field. Yeah, the
0: Heartline roll is in and a field. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know that the new mecca of of the fusey world I, I i saw a picture of that it's in just It's it looks like it's just in some random field next to a road like it's just been dumped there i don't i don't understand that it's really weird but um what can you do um there, it is. <laughs> there it is um dan did i did i miss did i miss your second one i, I thought i thought you'd add two did i did i well, it's it's. I, I oh, did have on. a
2: second one, but it's probably so controversial that that it's it's probably best not to. to well, if it's air controversial. It. Then, then well, we, we like it. So I
0: think we need to hear it. Then, yeah. Are
2: you sure? You you prepared? Yeah, you strapped cool. in? You sat down? I don't think the UK is a brilliant place to go to theme parks. I think that we're massively underserved. I think that the theme parks we do have are often hugely busy and I think we're hugely constrained on space um, and I think there are much better experiences elsewhere and I think that's a massive shame that's that's my second very unpopular opinion
1: I, w- I would I would say it's true though definitely like yeah I mean you just I mean even just over the channel you've got so many amazing theme parks in Europe that literally i mean i think everyone i've been to i haven't been to a huge amount but um you can they're just better they are and that's not you can always argue that you know if you go somewhere less often you will you will enjoy it more because you go left off, less often um and you can get normalized to certain stuff like i've i've done Horsen towers a million times um granted i still have a great day out but uh that's not going to compare to me going to Efteling for the first time but if you can take everything into account from theming overall theming as well not everywhere but theming food like we mentioned earlier as well the UK food in parks is just naff um, things like parades shows the UK audience don't want any shows which is unfortunate whereas some theme park europa park you could literally spend every hour of your day at a show rather than doing any rides so yeah i love a good show it's all
0: part of the experience i think i think i think some people get too obsessed about going on rides in theme parks but i think rides are only you know really you know 20 percent of the experience i'd say you know because you've got the atmosphere and and the theming um and then you've got the shows you know and i think that's all part of the experience especially when i go to diesel paris i always make um I, I always love to go to as many shows as i can and also like to see the nighttime spectaculars you know that's one thing that we don't do really in the uk which kind of surprising because i mean it's it's dark a lot of the time is that um we don't have those kind of nighttime spectaculars and i don't imagine part of the reason is because a lot of uk theme parks tend to be next to where people live whereas in america they can build a theme park and nobody can live for about 100 miles around it and they can kind of do what they want so yeah I'd, i'd agree that there's definitely some some problems with with that but I do also think that we have a lot of really good attractions as well. A lot of attractions that people from America really want to experience, particularly thinking about, you know, Nemesis and, um, you know, Wicker Man and and some other ones as well. But yeah.
2: What I would say is don't get me wrong. We have some absolutely fantastic rides and some fantastic experiences. Um, So I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, just, just at Alton Towers, we go there a lot. They've, they've got some some unique things going on there, and I, I love the fact that we've got some heritage. You know, Alton Towers is, is built around a real mansion that's falling to bits. You just can't get that that in in America. They don't have that that kind of building. They don't have that kind of heritage. So we we do have some bits which are amazing. I think the problem is that we don't have the space. We don't have the the, the massive investment. We don't have, you know, we, we don't have the culture to to you know really get into these experiences like you know like the parades, like you mentioned, like some of the night experiences. And I I think it it leaves us in a in a poorer spot basically.
0: Yeah. No. Well, it's definitely a controversial one. We'll see uh, see what people think about that. Um... All right, so the next listener opinion is the Smiler is a terrible coaster. What do you think about that?
3: Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't necessarily um, agree to that wholeheartedly. However, um, I do think sometimes a ride can be quite hit and miss on there. Um, it used to be, I don't know if they've fixed this now, but it used to be that one carriage could get quite rickety there was one specific train that would be quite rickety and the others weren't so that used to hinder the ride experience i also find and i guess this is just because of the 14 inversions um sometimes if you get it on a on a bad day where perhaps you're not feeling 100 percent or whatever which i guess is with, with any coaster it can tend to send you um to make you quite queasy and and sick and disorientate you which i guess is the point of the ride um but I don't actually think, I wouldn't agree with it being terrible, but I can understand how people sometimes on some days and in certain situations have um, a contrasting opinion to it being the best thing ever.
4: I think the Smiler is probably, yeah, a bad coaster if you look at it at just, if you put it in a car park, I use this, um Kind of example quite often. If you were to put it in a car park, yeah, probably I wouldn't say it was amazing, Um but it it is quite good for in terms of what it has created. It has quite an interesting backstory. Its theming, regardless of what you think of it, is fairly in depth. Um, you obviously have the the backstory with with the scare attractions involved as well. So I think in general, overall, it's a good coaster. But the roller coaster itself, if you were to put it.
0: Themeless probably isn't that great um on a similar theme someone said the big one isn't that good i mean i think i'd take some exception to that because um i think the big one is kind of part of a package like you know you've got the you've got the ride itself you've got the ride itself you know which is you know it's a fast raucous uh, ride but you've also got Um, the views as well. You know, if you go on during the day, you can see for miles down the beach. Um, Also, if you go on at night, especially, you know, during the illuminations, you can see the illuminations all the way down the strip. So I would say, I would say the big one is pretty good. I quite like the big one. I think it's actually one of my favorite coasters in the UK, but I know not a lot of people. Well, not everyone agrees with that.
1: I bloody love the big one. It's, it's rough it's ready it's smoother with the new track pieces i like it but you know it's a staple isn't it it's it's you can't say it's not an impressive ride
3: Yep, big fan of the big one um yep that's what i've got to say about that i think there was a whole whole thing about it being a monorail i actually wrote an article um on my blog about um about this um i don't believe it's been a monorail at all i think um, we are so lucky and fortunate to have it because I think had we have not had the big one, our theme park industry would have not been put on the map as much as it had had been. And that was all down generally to the big one, getting those Guinness World Records and, and um, putting our kind of side of the world um, on the map. Uh, so I think we owe a lot to the big one. Um, of course, it was built however many years ago, decades ago now, so it's not going to stand um up against the highest thrill coaster count, coaster cred kind of crowd, and and uh, but does that mean we should disregard it as a bad coaster? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think we should respect it for what it's done. Um, and uh, but everyone's entitled to their opinion, you know. So that's that's, uh, that's all I can say about that.
0: No, definitely. All right. Well, I'll just run through the final uh, few that I've got here. I've got one that says um, Colossus is a 9 out of 10 coaster. I'm not sure if I'd agree with that because of the restraints that I find incredibly uncomfortable. Spinball shouldn't be removed. I'm not sure if it's a popular opinion that it should be removed, but it is, it is kind of a weird experience. Uh, I find it's a little bit a little bit rough these days.
4: I don't think it's rough so much that it just doesn't seem to fit at Alton Towers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. It doesn't seem to fit anymore. Does it? Um, and it's hard to understand how they could maybe re it. Also a bit of a, bit of a nightmare for, you know, numbers. I don't know what the numbers are that can go through it, but I'd imagine it's something like 600 an hour or something like that. It can't be that many. Can it, I know they really do queue them up and they get people on, but realistically how many how many cars can you actually have on that track i I don't know if it's enough and the final one i've got which actually i don't know kind of kind of leads into ones that we've had before someone said i prefer overestimated wait times i suppose what this person is saying is that it's a nice surprise going into a queue line which says it's going to be half an hour and then it's only 10 minutes maybe that is that a nice surprise
1: oh who doesn't (laughs) love that that's the best thing in the world I love that uh, and you know what some some um places will do that on purpose as well um to make customers feel oh, feel better about their day as well so um or some places more so screen parks um uh, around the world they'll if one queue is smaller than they want it to be and one queue is bigger than the other they really want it to be they'll actually give fake times as well to try and move people around the park so yeah actually having a if you're going into a queue and it's saying an hour but you get on in half hour you feel like boom bossing the day my favorite thing is
4: underestimated car parking prices so like <laughs> it's three pounds parking, but it's actually
0: 20 yes <laughs> God. right okay so um i think that's brought us to the end of the episode so it's been another fantastic episode again um thanks very much mikey uh, for joining us as a ghost host, hopefully you you'll let them... yeah, no problem. Hopefully you'll join us again at some point in the future.
1: Yeah, sure thing, man. Just shout, and I'll um fly over like a ghost.
0: <laughs> Do you want to give a quick plug for uh, Scaretrack so people know where to find you?
1: Uh, yeah awesome thank you so yeah scare tracks the uk's first podcast showcasing the scare attraction and haunted house industry uh, alongside our youtube channel as well on there we have coaster track episodes of theme parks hannah has beer break episodes of where to get drinks and food in theme parks um so yeah you can check basically everything out on um our website scaretrack.co.uk you can get the podcast on any podcast platform ever and uh, obviously all our videos on youtube
0: Thanks very much for that, Mikey. And um, Brett, do you want to remind us about where people can find My Haunted Hotel and how to book onto My Haunted Hotel? Uh,
4: Yeah, of course. Uh, Same things. Uh, MyHauntedHotel.com is the uh, website where you can actually book to stay at what is now the UK's most haunted hotel. Um, Come and experience it and then also appear in the show, which is on our YouTube channel. We will film everything constantly, 24-7, and it, all the highlights get put into a weekly episode on our YouTube under My Haunted Hotel.
0: Perfect. And uh Sam, uh, do you want to tell people about your Instagram
3: page? Yeah, absolutely. You can find uh all of the up-to-date theme park uh, news, I guess, uh, on um my Instagram page, which is Coast to Sam Blog, as well as you can find our very own trivia theme park game show. This is a, a trivia theme park show that was by enthusiasts, for enthusiasts, all about roller coasters for enthusiasts. So come and check it out, Coaster Sand blog. And you can also on there find the link to my actual blog where I release articles and opinion pieces all about the theme park industry across the world. Check it out, Coaster Sand blog. <laughs> I felt like you were going to say, coastlineblog.co.uk
0: or something <laughs> but i don't know if that is the um that is the actual location or not but um i don't know um right okay so uh dan's had to drop off i think his internet has gone down so i'll i'll pretend to be to be dan hi i'm dan uh bye i like to be on the podcast did, did that work did i fool you
1: did Dan come back? Oh, <laughs> Dan, you're here. <laughs>
0: Dan, where'd you go? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, he's, uh, he's dropped off with his internets, but never mind. What can you do? Um, right. So thanks, everyone. Uh, remember that you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and on YouTube. Um, if you want to interact with us, I probably recommend following us on Instagram or, or Twitter, perhaps. Um, if you haven't already, then click the subscribe or the follow button on where you're listening to this podcast. Looking at the stats, it looks like around 40% of the people who listen to the podcast are subscribed. So there's still quite a few who aren't subscribed. So make sure you do uh, to keep yourself up to date. Um, So thanks very much for joining us. uh, But in the meantime, we'll see you again real soon.